Welcome to the Grind is Ugly podcast, where I am your humble and gracious, and might I say beautiful host, Kyle Allen. So, my people, good morning, good morning, good morning. And and welcome if you're a new listener, and if you're back again, thank you for listening. Um, my last podcast rubbed some people the wrong way, and and, 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 you know, I may or may not got called coon a couple times in my messages or like ran, like this random, I don't know who it was, but, you know, hey, that's why you have a podcast. They were like, uh, man, they like did like wrote like a voice note, I guess, you know, and they were like, hey, man, you're, you, you and he was, a you know, unfortunately, it, it's kind of, I'm going to say exactly what he said. He, he was obviously African-American and he was like, man, nigga, you're a disgrace. You, you you talking all this black Republican, like, you know, and he went in on and about, you know, how I was disgraceful to the black community because I said I was a black Republican. Now, number one, I didn't say I was a black Republican, so I know he probably didn't actually listen to the podcast. More than likely, he saw a black Republican and then just said, oh, he's a black man. So, so my point to this is, hey, listen to the podcast, my people. But I do appreciate the comments and concerns, you know. Am I a coon? Hey, man. Coon, 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 coon. Everyone's a coon. But I am asking people to wake up and to stop just going with the tribes that you've always gone through, gone to for absolutely no reason. I don't know why only people that aren't allowed to think and the only people that aren't allowed to have any type of other mentality other than a pack rat mentality are black people. We're the only group only people that has to think in one way we can't we really can't if you think this way you within your own community you're going to be labeled you know something horrific right and might i say i'm sitting in downtown sacramento you know and i'm looking around at who is who and what is what. And you just realize what has happened. You realize that in every aspect of the United States where there is thriving businesses, thriving downtowns, the the amount of black people you'll see, you can freaking live in Memphis and go downtown Memphis. You can live in Atlanta, go downtown Atlanta. And see the amount of black people you see that occupy, live, that 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 enjoy the restaurants, that are able to park, are able to to enjoy the life, enjoy the world. You're not going to see a lot of black people. And I don't care where you are, man, like no matter where you are, you're going to see a lot of Caucasian, a lot of Asian, a lot of Indian, a lot of Hispanic. I just, <coughs> excuse me, I just am, I'm looking for more out of life for my own black people that is more than a hashtag, more than a quick movement, you know, something that we can as a people really start, like, start questioning why we're always priced out, where and what and how. Is it that our financial scope doesn't go past 
the neighborhoods that our grandmas settled into in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. That we now just live in what they now call the hood, but eventually they're going to price us out of the hoods and we're going to have to live in project buildings. That's what's happening in Sacramento. That's what's happening throughout the country. Go down to Oak Park. And of course, there's still areas in Oak Park that, that you might not want to journey down. But that will change within the next five years. They're building that new soccer stadium. They already have a soccer team. We just got a new arena. I, I just hope people can understand what's happening. And instead of complaining, we have to figure out real, tangible things that we can do that can get us some financial brevity where we have money and and listen i believe in i'm a christian's christian christian all i've ever known is the church right and it is what it is we are taught a lot of black people because i don't care if you are black you have went to church at least once in your life i will say virtually any black kid has went to somebody's church one to five times in their life. I don't care who you are. I'll say virtually. So some of you haters won't just tell me, not everyone. Okay, I said virtually. Which means almost everyone, right? Anyway, my point in saying that is I have been taught, raised up to believe, in a sense, that money is something that doesn't matter. It's something that, yeah, you know, you need money to, but God, just give me enough for my wants. I mean, not my wants. Give me enough for my needs. Just give me enough that I can, I can just go to church and, and donate my money. And, and maybe every now and then I can take my kids to, to Disneyland. But even now that's priced, we're priced out of Disneyland. Cause I don't know if you look at Disneyland tickets, you're going to have to mortgage your house. You're, you're going to have to, you're, <laughs> To go to Disneyland, I would have to sell both our cars and sell our home, and then maybe we can go three days at Disneyland. My point is, the cost of living is clearly getting higher throughout the country. And the ones I know it's going to impact the most are black people. And black people are going to keep being keep worrying about things that don't impact us financially. I don't, I don't, I, listen. I understand there's a lot of plights. I understand that black people have been done wrong since we were brought over here. But I also know that I can know, though the people that fought for us did not fight for us to get to this place and then just to keep complaining about everything that's wrong with everything that happens to us. My, my brain, this is my brain, my opinion, my brain that I'm sharing to y'all. If we do not gain financial leverage, nothing we say matters. When Martin Luther King was boycotting, he the when it really changed when he boycotted those buses. Hey, we ain't riding the bus. If you don't affect the, this is a capitalist society. If it's not affecting the money. Good luck trying to convince anyone you're worth anything. Is it good? Is it uh, is it is it fair? No. But but I am and maybe it is 
just me and maybe because, you know, I'm privileged to have a brain or been able to, I don't know what it is, but I do think that there is more to life for us as a people than just barely getting by. And quite frankly, that's a lot of us. I don't care what we Instagram and Snapchat and bro, people be broke, man. Don't ever get it twisted. People be broke. I don't care what they what it looks like. People be broke. And portraying something. And what happens is if you ain't got nothing and you see people that are quote unquote your peers, and I've spoken to a lot of people about this topic. Because it's like, how do I how do I how do I how do I say this? So say me and my wife are looking to go to Hawaii, right? And you do the math of that of that trip. And this is just, we all do, you know, I'll just be honest. And we do the math of this trip, and maybe it's about to be 10, 12 grand. If you really want to do Hawaii for five days, it's going to be about 10 grand if you really want to do what you want to do. If you, if for someone that's never been there and you want to show them and, and you know, okay, I'm going to need about eight, 10, eight to 10 grand to kind of just ball out, right? And then maybe someone that you know goes to Hawaii. And you're like, okay, well, I okay, let me not go down that path. <laughs> let me not go down that path. Because that's counting people's pockets and that's disrespectful. So let me not go down that path. My point is this. There is a level of frustration that sits in with people that have taken the oven route. And the oven route, and there's a microwave route. The oven route is, hey man, it's gonna take longer to bake. And the house will smell good before the food's even able to be consumed. So what I mean by that is, in the oven route, you might even start to smell like it. Like you smell the enchiladas cooking. And people can see it's coming, but it ain't happened yet. And for, for the person that's in the oven cooking like that, and you're like, man, I can feel it. I know I'm this. I know I can do this. I know I can do that. But if someone bit into you at that moment, it'd be raw. It'd be nasty. It'd be cold. It'd be undone, right? You have to wait. You have to wait. Now, where if I go get a Stouffer's enchilada out the freezer section and just put it in the microwave, that mother, that sucker will be done in five seconds. Give it two minutes. Ooh, boom. It could be it could be eaten. Now, is it going to be as good as that homemade enchilada? No. But will it be a quick fix for I can keep going? Yes. And so many people are taking the frozen enchilada route and they ain't taking the time to make homemade fresh lasagna, fresh enchilada. They're just going to go to get the Stouffer's. And there's nothing wrong with the Stouffer's if you have to go get the Stouffer's. But you have to always understand that that Stouffer's lasagna ain't real. It's not real. That's not real food. And it's never going to be, it's never in the long run, that person that can make that lasagna from scratch and takes the time to make it will forever be asked to make that lasagna. And you will just be looked at as, well, if we need him quickly, we'll throw him in and hopefully he brings that and... You'll be looked at as a Stouffer's lasagna. Hey, that's just something that if you need to feed some kids real quick and it looks kind of like a real meal, just give them that. Now, we know what we're eating isn't real, but it looks like it's real. And that, to me, is Instagram, social media, Twitter, Facebook. And I and I said the other night on Twitter that I'm realizing that social media is a problem for me because I don't like it anymore, but I still find myself on it. 
I'm still scrolling and looking at all these people's lives that I don't care about, but I can't help but think, well, if I'm not looking at this, then I'm missing out on something. And that's the main, you just feel like you're missing out. Well, if if I'm not looking at Facebook and I will be the first one to say to y'all, Facebook, I've said it often on this podcast, Facebook this is another thing I want to talk about that is runs parallel to everything I'm saying. Sometimes when you are raised with a group of people or a small group of people or you are like a prisoner of what their expectations and what their mentality is for you. And you might go. Sorry for the sorry for the breakup. Sorry for the break. Um, but my my point I was making was. In a nutshell, my people. Financial freedom is our only hope. And I when I say that, I mean in a clear, in a clear business sense. I'm not talking about heaven or hell. I'm not talking about spirituality. I'm not talking about all the things that that I'm that's great and it's real and it's big. But while I'm on planet Earth, me having um hope. And, 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 and being spiritual, that is great. And it's a practice. But when I say financial freedom, I don't know what y'all see. Uh, but it is just imperative, guys, that we get to the bag. And I know you guys don't want to hear this. There's nothing wrong with making $65,000 a year with full health care benefits and you can go and live a great life like you want. No, you won't be able to Instagram your fake achievements, but what you will be able to do is live a real life. And then while you're making that money, you can then fund your dreams. But I don't know when it got backwards where you dream with no funds and then ask people to help you come up with money when you don't have the money to do it. It's like, it's weird. This world has completely shifted to dream only and put in no work. But if you want to be biblical based, prayer, faith without works is dead. You can have as much faith as you want to have. But if you're not out here putting in any work and any real work, Real work. And let me let me let me say this. I'm not condemning entrepreneurship. I'm not condemning freedom. I'm not condemning doing what you want. I'm not condemning not joining the rat race, the nine to five life. But what I am condemning is if you're not getting a nine to five job or a job period, but you live with your mother, you have no cars, you have no life, you can't do anything outside of your mom and dad then at some point, you're not dreaming, you're lounging, and you're mooching. And you're just being entitled. And it's it's a real thing, like, and I'm not talking about it on no, like, I'm better than people or people that work, or I'm saying, you gotta work. I am saying that. You have to work. I don't know when it became uncool to work, but you have to work. For anything, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to work. 
So this podcast is dedicated to the work and the grinders. And the grind is ugly. But man, the real things that you do that breed real results, that that that's what it's for, man. Like, I just want... I'm 28 and I wish I would have known what I know now at 23 because while I was in college, instead of chasing girls throughout the beach, I just worried about a relationship that just I would have gotten the internships, gotten the link up with these professors and and started realizing that there's going to be a life outside of this round ball. And that I better start preparing myself for a career now. So I can retire at 40 as opposed of what I did. Wait till I'm 24. Now I'm in my career. Now I'm in my life and go approaching 30 because I'm 28. I'll be 29 this December. Approaching 30. Oh, I got to have some things, man. And I'm not afraid of deadlines and I'm not afraid of some people. Oh, you know, there's too much pressure. No, I got to have some things. I want to make 100K. Period. By 30. Period. Because I have some things to do. And like Tyler Perry said, somebody's dreams, somebody's talents, somebody's well, like life worthiness is attached to what I do with my life and what I don't do with my life. And I don't want to get to heaven and God look at me and say, bro, you're going to hell. And I go, why? And like David Goggins said, because you killed 3,000 people. I'm like, God, what are you talking about? I lived a great life. He's like, fam, because you didn't become all that I have for you, 3,000 people never became all that I have for them. And it was all attached to you. And I don't want to complain my way social media my way out of what God has for me because maybe your blessing is attached to me and maybe mine is attached to you. So while, while the grind is ugly, we got to know and pressure's, pressure's a good thing that there's some people that are attached to us and if we don't make it, they won't make it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate all my listeners. Thank you for listening. And please like, share, comment. Uh, please. It goes a long way with podcasting. Like, shares, and comments. Engagement. So, uh, my people, thank you for listening. Hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say or what I'm always trying to say. I never want to come off like I have all the answers. But I have made a lot of mistakes, which has given me some answers. So... Thank you for listening.